Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Hey, we made it to Friday. Good to have you with us. As we uh, head into this weekend, beautiful weather out there, 84 degrees for the high today, about 65 or so right now, I guess, maybe a little warmer, up to 84 today, a low of 61 tonight, clear skies, good way to start the weekend. I hope you're off to a good start on this Friday, and we're glad you're with us here, however and wherever you might be listening here to A Penny for Your Thoughts. My name is Brian Barnhart. Great to be with you. Uh, no football this weekend, <clears throat> so that'll be a little different for me. Uh, football uh, in September. Don't get many weekends off in September. But in this case, uh, there is football next Thursday night. So a little bit different, but a lot of other football on, of course. High school football, big Central Centennial matchup tonight. That'll be on our sister station on the radio, our Game of the Week, and it's featured in the News Gazette today as well. So lots of things happening and lots of things continuing to happen. We'll uh, do an open line this hour. Jim Dye is scheduled to join me, and we'll have Jim Dye with us. He'll be my uh, cohort here in this uh, first hour, my wingman, if you will. So we'll talk to him. Then we'll have uh, Dr. James Murphy join us in the second hour. He's an orthopedic surgeon at OSF. We'll do that here coming up in a little bit. And then we'll talk about this uh, incident at Kickapoo Creek, which is at the Virginia Theater, kicking off uh, their season. And the uh, Virginia Theater, uh, they'll have a concert outside, and then uh, the film that'll be on at uh, 7 o'clock. Concert begins at 5. We'll talk to R.C. Raycraft about all of that near the end of the show today. Monday morning quarterbacks on Monday. We'll be joined by Lauren Tate, of course. Coach Nick Cotaro, Coach Q, as you've heard and read a little bit in the News Gazette and on the radio. And also Bob Stoops, former coach at Oklahoma, led them to a national title many uh, years, many championships at Oklahoma. Former Iowa Hawkeye, he'll join us uh, in the first hour on Monday. Got the Queen's funeral coming up. I guess the hours of uh, waiting to go by the Queen's casket, I've read anywhere from nine hours to 30. And apparently uh, heard on CBS News that they eventually said, okay, we can't take any more. we got to pause this for now we're going to be here a long time but uh, certainly uh, the folks in great britain wanted to express their condolences and their respect to the late queen president biden meeting with families of Brittany griner and paul whalen who are still in russia the transporting of illegal immigrants to dc chicago martha's vineyard some of these states and places getting a little upset about all of that muhammad seymour schools potential strike they've been bargaining 15 times the not a strike yet, but they have said they might intend to strike. So that's happening in Muhammad. Apple iPhone 14 hitting stores today. Don't know what number you're up to, but the new one coming out here today, unless you pre-ordered it, it'll be in the mail. And the League of Women Voters proposal for county government. They say it's not working. 
the way it is right now. We'll talk to Jim Dye about all of that and more on A Penny for Your Thoughts. First, this time out. On A Penny for Your Thoughts on this Friday of Telini Friday. And as usual, present we don't have a game this weekend, but they still sponsor us. And brought to you by OSF On-Call Urgent Care with same-day walk-in care for minor illnesses and injuries. Go to osfhealthcare.org for locations. Another one of our sponsors is Ryan Dallas Real Estate, ryandallasre.com. You can find a home. They can help you sell a home. they got the Coming Soon program. They've helped hundreds of families already this year. They can help yours. Quick turnaround. They can help you get your home ready for sale. They can uh, help you with all the particulars of buying and selling a home. You in this uh, kind of crazy time here with the mortgage rates and all that's happening, interest rates and so forth, you need a professional team to help you. And they've won the back-to-back-to-back-to-back, is it four or five? Five in a row, I think. People's Choice Award winners for uh, real estate here in our area. So Ryan Dallas Real Estate with us here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim Dye is with us as well. Good morning. Ready. Are you confused? There's no football game this Saturday and there's one on Thursday night? Yeah, that's kind of weird, but you know, hey, TV calls the shots, right? <laughs> so that's the way it is. I suppose this weekend will. I mean, I kind of like bye weeks, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, so that'll give me a chance maybe to catch some other teams that are playing, sure, or maybe do something actually productive, <laughs> uh, like mowing the lawn or mm-hmm. stealing tomatoes from my neighbor, or you know, some of that kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, I don't mind a week off, and I think it's actually very good for the for the athletes because give some time to recover from some of the pounding that they take and also a little bit of a, a, a breather in terms of just uh, practice. Maybe they might actually spend some time studying. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And our football team is 2-1. and one. Yeah. They're playing pretty well. Should thought, be 3-0, and oh, but... Yeah, you I know. know. You know, yeah. you always think about the ones you should win instead of the games that you should have lost but you do win. That's human nature. But uh, I think the team's off to a pretty decent start. I hated the, the result of the Indiana game, but the defense looks like it's for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, of course, we'll find out more about that after we play. What two weeks from now, Wisconsin? Wisconsin. That'll be a real test. Mm-hmm. So, but I think uh, I mean I think Illinois has an excellent coach. I think uh, we we hired the the very best guy available on the market, and uh, I'm not surprised that he's got the team doing better. But on the other hand, you know it's a mm-hmm. it's a long season. There are a lot of good teams out there. They're going to try to you know we can still be a good team and get beat. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, but I'm just looking for wins. That's all, just like every other fan. Mm-hmm. 217-356-9397, an open line here with Jim Dye this morning up until 10 o'clock as we join you this morning on a penny for your thoughts. All right, headline today in the News Gazette, uh, the League of Women Voters say county government isn't working, basically. They need to this uh, county executive idea that they came up with, and Darlene Kleppel actually agrees. Yeah, with what they found. <laughs> well, she... I mean, I I think there are obviously some improvements that could be made in county government, but uh, here's the biggest improvement that uh, that can be made, and this is up to the voters. They can elect some different people. If county government is not working, it's not necessarily because of the structure of county government. I mean, after all, it's pretty much the same government we've had for a hundred years. Uh, maybe some better people in office uh, doing better jobs might solve the problem. Now, they screwed up a little bit when they came up with this county executive thing, and uh, that was kind of a political ploy to begin with. And then uh, the, by the Republicans, by the way, uh, because they thought they could win that position and, and have a, like a Republican mayor of Champaign County. Well, they lost. 
but but the other problem is not just the darling Kleppel, the Democrat won, except it's the Democrats on the county board that are constantly fighting with the uh, Democrat county executive. So that screws up a lot of things. On the other hand, the county board doesn't have that much power, and as long as it's not a uh, home rule county government, its powers are limited. So there, the voters do get some protection in that respect. I think one of the recommendations the League of Women Voters made was to elect the county board chair. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of like the county board chairman elected countywide. They do have a county board chairman mm-hmm. now uh, who's picked by the by the Democrats on the board because they, they're the majority. Uh, and so that turns into a political football. What you really need is you need responsible, intelligent people running the show, not some of these uh, self-absorbed uh, political wannabes that are constantly playing these games with what's best in, in the public interest. Another proposal was to uh, too many members. Were there 22? When they well, you know, <laughs> there used to be 54 way oh, back yeah, when. Oh, yeah. Way back when. And then they decided they would they would uh, reduce that number by 50%, so they had 27. Well, that's three per district. I don't know that the number of county board members is is uh, a problem. It's the quality of the county board members. And perhaps you could say if we had 15 districts, say, as opposed to what do we have now, 11 with two, uh, would that be any better? You know, I don't know. It, it all comes back to who you're electing. Hmm. Jim Dye is with us up until uh, 10 o'clock, 217-356-9397. Text line at uh, 217 217- Three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. Well, uh, Ron DeSantis and uh, the governor of Arizona and Texas, Abbott, they're all sending illegal immigrants up to D.C. and Chicago, and uh, and don't forget Martha's Vineyard. And Martha's Vineyard, which is uh, upping the ante a little bit. Boy, I'll say uh, uh, the shoe is on the other foot, and some people don't like it. Uh, I do think there is a one, one valid criticism is these these people are kind of being used as as uh, pawns in a big chess game but on the other hand uh the the governors of these states are saying hey look you, you stick us with this huge problem you ignore us uh our our resources are are bursting at the seams in terms of uh, meeting their needs so why don't you help us out and by the way we'll send you some and of course all these people and of course no one ever forget that these are sanctuary cities and states uh all of a sudden they don't like the idea of being a sanctuary mm. so I think it's kind of funny, actually, in a sad sort of way, because it demonstrates uh, the ultimate problem here, which is we have an open border, a quasi, quasi uh, open border policy in this country, uh, and people are pouring in by the thousands. I mean, there's estimated two million. We don't know who they are, uh, don't know anything about them, except they're, most of them are poor and want to work and don't speak the language. And I understand people wanting to better themselves and i understand why they want to come to the united states because we are the uh shining city on the hill so to speak but uh it's madness to allow an open border policy like this and that's what we have and i think that's what these governors are trying to uh to point out to president biden and uh and governor pritzker and and the people of martha's vineyard that hey you're going to create this problem uh you got to help us solve it uh, the inter- internal Department of Homeland Security Communications uh, Border Patrol officers logging roughly eight thousand migrant encounters a day. Yeah, yeah. A well, day. you know that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think didn't Vice President Harris uh, just recently say the borders are under complete <laughs> control? Secure. Yeah. Well, now why why does she say that? I mean, come on, that's not true. That's demonstrably false. Yeah, well. And 
but that shows you that that shows you the the divide here between uh, the governor of Al- of Texas who's saying we two million people have crossed the crossed the border and we don't know what to do with them, and then you have Harris saying, "Well, no, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. The border is under complete control." Yeah. Now, are they going to be able to work out a solution to this issue when the Gulf is that wide? When one side says no problem, yeah, it makes I, you want yeah. And here's yeah. the other thing I don't understand. How is this improving the United States to bring all these people in that nobody knows who they are, bringing them in by the thought? How does that make this country a better place? Now, I, I think Im- legal immigration is a tremendous thing, and it's done wonders for this country. But there has to be some sort of order brought to all this. Otherwise, you, you have essentially the kind of chaos we're seeing. Mm-hmm. There's even a, there is a story in the News Gazette, which was a human interest story, basically, but about a young man who speaks uh, Guatemalan or speaks to – there's a lot of immigrants from Central America, and he sure. helps them shop and helps them understand and translate. And those folks are doing good work. I mean, that's important, but they're being you know in a position where there's so many people coming and so many uh, you know from all over the world. Well, that that's you what's, have to have people do that, I guess. Uh, yeah, and, and of course, you know, when, when, these are people, children, women, older men, younger men. We can't just stack them up like cordwood. We have to deal with them in a compassionate way once they're here. But the question then becomes, why are we letting everybody in? If we're going to let the everybody in the world that wants to come to the United States, if we're going to let them in just because they want to be here, we can't handle that many. I mean, this... People all over the world want to come to the United States. Mm-hmm. They see it as as a beacon of opportunity and freedom. And we can't handle them all. And, of course, that also shows you the problem when you have chaos in these other other uh, countries where people are, are, uh, are desperate to leave. I mean, it does have an impact in the United States when you have these banana republics or these autocratic regimes uh, in Europe and the Soviet Union. and if, When they're completely unhospitable to their own citizens and so incapable of giving their own citizens opportunity and making them live under authoritarian rule, uh, that has consequences for us. Jim Dye is with us. All I right. guess I'm giving a speech here. No, all that's right. okay. No, Boy. that's all right. That's why we have you take on. a cold yeah. shower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you haven't even brought up the Cardinals. I, I'm really mad yeah, about that game the, last night because they had the winning run on third and didn't get it in. That was the Cincinnati, right? Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati of all yeah. teams. I mean, come on. <laughs> Cincinnati is a lousy team. Those those teams should be falling before the Cardinals. Instead, they're giving us trouble. So I'm mad about that. <laughs> they're going to clinch it here pretty soon. I know. I, so, I, I think I'm feeling pretty good about it. We've had it. It's been a great year, a really great year for and the Cardinals. Yeah, and Pujols has been oh, Pujols un- ridiculous. Is, yeah, he had the uh, sacrifice fly last night in the ninth inning, drove in a run, pulled the Cardinals within one. Of course, the fans were just slobbering over the idea of a home run. Uh, to win the game yeah. and, and be 698. That didn't quite happen. But Albert, has uh, he's really cemented his relationship with the fans in St. Louis. Well, he certainly has. It was already pretty deep anyway. It was. Even though he was in California. You know, if you look at his numbers and say he's like fourth on the all-time home run list, I think is he is he second on RBIs? I mean, I saw a list the other day of, of where he ranks in all these different categories. He's one of the, no question, one of the greatest players in the history of the game, right there with the superstars of the game, like Mays, Aaron, Babe Ruth. It's incredible. Hmm. Jim Dye is with us, and uh, nine twenty four. Let me go to the phone here. Joe joins us. How you doing, Joe? Well, how you guys doing? Good. 
I I think it's pretty pretty humorous about the border stuff too because Abbott sending them to Sanctuary City, and Joe Biden had enough gall to say that this this is human trafficking, but he himself and his administration sent illegal immigrants all over the country. Oh, on the plane flights, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, this this so, whole thing is shot through with political hypocrisy. I mean, I saw the governor of uh, California wants the Justice Department to investigate whether Governor Abbott has kidnapped these people. Well, come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is just—it's ridiculous. But I tell you, he's really—he's really forcing. I mean, the governors here are really forcing the administration to defend themselves, and of course they. I think they're having a really hard time with that, so that's why they turn and counterattack and say, "Well, Abbott's Abbott's a terrible person because he's because he's well, doing these you. things." All right, thank you, Joe. Yep, uh, some legal action they want to take. Yeah, at least yeah. try. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All right, Jim dies with us. We have got more questions coming in. Let me get a break in here. Nine twenty-five. Open line up until ten on DWS. Hey, if you're thinking about lunch, Monocle's in Tolona, we would advise you to go down and check it out there, Route 45, just off of Route 45 in Tolona. Great pizza. They're known for that, of course. Best pizza around. But uh, if you'd like some sandwiches or maybe some pasta, you got a big group or a small group by yourself or whatever, you need a short amount of time or a long amount of time, they do have lunch. So just think about it. Add it to your list of places you go. Monocle's in Tolono. They do have great lunch down there. 928 with Jim Dye, uh, the Queen. Wow, all these lines. Nine, nine. I haven't seen anywhere from nine hours to thirty hours to wait in line to see the Queen. Well, in that's her a casket. That's a phenomenon that that uh, Americans probably don't understand. Royal family. I mean, the whole idea to me is farcical. But um, I, my sister lived in Great Britain for four years uh, when she was uh, when her husband was in the Air Force and. Uh, she was astounded by the extent to which the British love their queen. She said they love their queen. And I don't know. I mean, I think I'd make a really good prince. But <laughs> but uh, that's the thing I don't understand. But the the emotion is real. She was a woman of great substance. I mean, as opposed to maybe some other members of the royal family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she, she conducted herself with... Uh, uh, great dignity, and I think she showed that she was interested in the problems of ordinary people, so she, she was viewed as someone who was worthy of admiration in Great Britain and maybe areas around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, so we're seeing really a kind of an interesting pageant, interesting pageantry of, of uh, what royal families mean in some countries. And when you think about it, the way she was the old fashioned values people connected with that you know if, and some people feel like those values are missing today in world leaders in general you know what i mean you I mean, mean somebody like prince andrew yeah it's things like that you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean like you know i mean it's uh <laughs> you know you get into the of course you know you get into the parliament you know that's that can be a grubby business you know oh, in sure. parliament sure. and over in england and so forth and congress and our political leaders and so forth but I don't know. Just the way she um, had a good sense of humor, related to people, did her duty to her country, didn't try to, you know, that's what I think people appreciate. Yeah, they I do. Think. 
And I know Prince Charles really appreciates the fact that his substantial inheritance is all going to be tax-free, too. I so. saw that. So <laughs> He's having trouble with pins, I saw. He had a pin. He was trying to sign something. And oh. It wasn't working, and he was kind of frustrated about okay. it. Well, Everything he does. You know, you know one that. thing is really clear about that is that she really liked to be. She really liked being the queen, you know. I mean, how long, how long did Charles have to wait? I mean, this guy's 74 years old. He's been waiting for his mom to step down for 30 years. 30 years. She yeah. wouldn't give it up. From what I understand, the casket she is in was prepared for her 30 years ago, <laughs> is what I was told. And, of course, she lived to be, whatever, 96. Yeah, well. Charles, uh, Charles better nail it shut or she might come back and dethrone him. I don't quite understand this. I'm happy you all can get a laugh out of the border situation. You have plenty of jokes. I think it's a very serious situation. I don't think anybody's laughing about it. Well, it is a serious it's situation, just, it's but it's also it's, farcical. It's absurd what that we can't get a handle on it. And I would like yeah. to know, what, is the, what does the writer think is so tragic, that some of these people are sending, uh, that the governors are sending these people to, to uh, Martha's Vineyard, or that the border policy allows literally millions of people just to walk in? What's the tra- what is the tragedy that this caller is lamenting? Because they're both equally farcical. Uh, let's see. Hello for the Democrats to say the Republicans are using the immigrants as political pawns is awfully judgmental when the Dems themselves want the borders open so these illegals will vote for them. Stop pointing fingers. They always point right back, the listener says. Uh, and here's a totally different question. I noticed Kofi Coburn is a free agent. Didn't stick with Utah after the summer. Maybe Europe for him? I don't know. I hadn't heard I that. I guess but, we'll uh, find out. You know, uh, Kofi, Kofi could certainly play pro somewhere. It was... I think doubtful from the beginning that he had NBA skills, but uh, I'm sorry he's not here. But he was great for us, and I, you know, good. I, I hope he makes a ton of money somewhere. Yeah, me too. All right, nine thirty-two here at uh, News Talk fourteen hundred DWS. Our uh, news headlines here at the bottom of the hour, brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since eighteen sixty-five. Visit firstmid.com. To find out more, we have an Illini Friday. No game this week, but OSF still sponsoring our Fridays. We'll have a Illini Friday on Wednesday next week, by the way. The game is on Thursday against Chattanooga. 9.33, back with more in a moment. On a penny for your thoughts with Jim Dye here this morning. Good to have you with us. Our OSF Illini Friday brought to you by our OSF Medical Group's primary care. Providers offering seamless care from birth to seniors. Go to osfhealthcare.org to learn more. Thinking very positively here, but even with the Indiana loss, the Illinois football team, a listener says, can go 11-1 and during the regular season. I like your optimism there. Boy, he is optimistic, isn't he? Uh, I love the description the League of Women Voters placed on Champaign County government. In reality, the league is just being polite and putting lipstick on a pig. What we really have is a Cook County-style cesspool uh, here in Champaign County. Uh, Let's see. I was listening to Mike in the morning this morning, uh, and he was talking about the Queen's casket being lined with lead. Then I didn't catch why. Could you answer that if possible? Uh, from what I understand, it was lined with lead, and that's the way it's been done for 500 years or so. It's because in the old days, and we're going way back to 1500s, 1400s, or whatever, it took a while to get everybody together to mourn the passing of the king or queen, and so they wanted to preserve the body as long as they could. Apparently the lead 
helps the body not decompose so fast, the remains, from what I understand. Wow. Is what they say. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I didn't know that yeah, either. Yeah, I didn't know you're an expert on British funeral practice. <laughs> That's what Mike in the morning told me. Uh, well, he has no credibility. <laughs> and I haven't heard what King Charles' second wife, Camilla, will be called. What is the royal name? I think she's the queen consort, I think is what um, they I, were going to call her. That's another one I don't know. Yeah, Cialotinus C- <laughs> will be with us next week. She's the expert on the on the royal family. Uh, let's see here. I've noticed panhandlers out with signs saying they are refugees. Some on Kirby and Prospect. Is there refugee housing and programs in Champaign? Oh, there are lots of programs designed to help uh, all kinds of people in need. But, yeah, no, there's no question that, uh, I mean, I don't know who these people are, but there's no question that there are people up at heavily traveled intersections with signs asking for money. I, I, I don't know who they are. The uh, McDonald's CEO, of course, uh, what are they based up there in the Chicago area, has big concerns about surging crime in Chicago. Says it's seeping into every corner of our city. Yeah. I uh, say everywhere I go, the same question. What's going on in Chicago? There are 400 chains across Chicago, chain locations. Uh, we're seeing homelessness issues in our restaurants, having drug overdoses happening in our restaurants. What we see every day in our restaurants is happening in society at large. Uh, over the summer, the coffee chain Starbucks announced it would close 16 locations in Seattle, L.A., Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Portland over safety concerns. Well, the Starbucks so, thing is interesting because they made a big announcement about how they were going to open their stores to the homeless to use their facilities if they wanted to. And all of a sudden, they ended up with complete chaos and safety concerns and drug use and all the rest of that stuff. So they've had to close a bunch of stores because of the policy that they put in place. Uh, to kind of what I would call to kind of a virtue signal, which is part of their marketing strategy. But uh, it hasn't worked out well for them, and it ended up with a situation where employees uh, didn't feel safe. McDonald's CEO goes on to say, it's more difficult today for me to convince a promising McDonald's executive to relocate to Chicago from one of our other offices. It's more difficult to recruit a new employee to McDonald's to join us in Chicago than it was in the past. It's about recruiting leaders to the company's headquarters and convincing corporate workers to return to the office. So, anyway, the uh, head of McDonald's concerned about crime in Chicago. Uh, let's see here, 940, Jim dies with us. Mark joins us. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Um, this ties into the Safety Act, which was touted by the governor. And if you were opposed to the Safety Act, you were a racist. Uh, yet it cleared that... Um, the Supreme Court over the weekend, or apparently at some point, has given, given clarification to the issue of, for example, trespassing. Uh, if you want, if you get arrested, if you call to have someone uh, removed from your property, the Supreme Court says you shall, not you may, not you can, you shall which is a direct order that you have to do it this way, that you must then um, write the person a citation, not a physical arrest, a citation. So the example that people are using is someone uses your backyard pool without your permission, the police cannot arrest them. They can remove them from the property and cite them, but they cannot arrest them. 
And this is exactly, you know, and I would wish Scott Bennett, Carol Ammons, would come on the air and explain to us why they voted for this in the beginning when you have essentially decriminalized certain behavior. And a citation is not the same as an arrest. Yeah, Mark, can I add something to that? After the citation is issued, of course, the individual is not taken into custody, and there's nothing to prevent the individual from going back on the on the property where he was removed. There's there's absolutely nothing to prevent, and it says you'll remove the person to an area away from the property. Okay, does that mean you know? Again, we're not placing the person under under arrest, so we can't bring him in a squad car. Because if you pull them in the back, that's pretty much an arrest. So now you get them off the property, so you walk to the sidewalk or to the street, and you remove them, and now they come back? And it says, unless there's a clear threat. I'm just, you know, chilling in your, uh, in your um, uh, pool. I'm not, a, I'm not a threat to anybody. I just don't want to leave. Mm. And this is what, you know, I mean, and what's interesting What's interesting is that if you did the same act in a state building like the Capitol, you would be arrested for trespassing because it applies apparently only to private businesses, not governmental. So I know Scott Bennett refuses to come on your show. No, he comes on. No, he comes on. No, he doesn't. Sure he does. He doesn't come on by himself. He comes on with his uncle. Well... But he'd come on with me. No, he would come on with me. Okay, Okay. well, let's get him on, because I asked six months ago for Scott to come on, and I want to hear directly why he voted for this, why he's now putting citizens who have people camping, who theoretically could camp in my yard, and I can't get rid of them. Why he allows for that. And why did the Democratic Party, and remember, Pritzker said, you're a racist if you're against it. Well, guess what? Now all of a sudden they're going to say, well, we're going to be looking at this again. But this is solely on the back of the Democratic Party for this, for this, uh, this safety act, which is about to come on. And again, you know, it just has to go with, with trespassing. Let's forget the rest of the rules. Mm-hmm. Just trespassing. You're a mom. You've got a kiddie pool in the back, and there's some guy that won't leave. And now the cops, I was, I'll tell you a quick story. I was riding on, on uh, Amtrak the other day. And I was talking to the conductor, and we were talking about removing people from trains. And he said that because of the Safety Act, police departments were starting to refuse to come to the train to remove a person. Hmm. Because they didn't want to get tied up in that. Yeah. in what is essentially a trespassing issue. So I've got, we saw what happened in Onarga, right, this week, where, where uh, somebody did something to a 14-year-old girl who is riding on an Amtrak train. He hasn't been caught, apparently, yet. They know his name, but he escaped off the train. You know, mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden, because of this, the Safety Act and, and Pritzker, you know, says, oh, you're all wrong, you're all wrong, you're all wrong. Well, now it's starting to come out that maybe everybody wasn't quite so wrong. And Pritzker, in a press conference this week, said, well, I didn't read everything that was in it. Hmm. Really? 
All right. Hey, thank you, Mark. Well, Appreciate it. Mark is talking about the law that Governor Tom, or Governor Pritzker signed in, uh, signed in, uh, I think it was January or February 2021. It was a 700-page bill passed, like in at warp speed in a in a veto session, and of course nobody had a chance to read it except the people that put it together and. Different people put different parts together, so it's it's a it's a morass of confusion. Many of the aspects of the legislation have already taken taken effect. Now, the thing that hasn't taken effect yet, and that is drawing uh, a lot of conversation, is the abolition of the bond system, which takes effect on January one. That I think is what uh, Pritzker is uh, now con- reluctantly conceding they may address. Um, in the post-election session. But uh, Rich Miller, the Springfield political analyst, has said that the Democrats' position right now, re- Republicans are trying to make an issue of this, and so are a lot of states' attorneys of, of, of who, are, who are Democrats and not Republicans, so it's kind of somewhat bipartisan there, including Julia Reitz, by the way. She met this week with the legislative leaders in Springfield to see if we could get some fixes on this bond question. But the, the, the Rich Miller has reported that the Democrats' public position is there's nothing wrong with the bill. Uh, that's their pre-election position, and that post-election they'll be looking into certain uh, clarifications and improvements and uh, maybe rewrites. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make this thing uh, more palatable. But it's going to be a big experiment because abolishing bond means a lot of people who otherwise would be in jail because they're charged with serious crimes and can't make their bond, they'll be walking around. Now, there'll be uh, others who won't, and they will be individuals charged with forcible felonies that carry mandatory prison prison sentences. Those people will be detained without bond. Everybody else is going to be just released as soon as they're arrested and arraigned. Jim Dye is with us, uh, 217-356-9397. I know there's a new ad out, uh, I think uh, Dan Proft and his crew put out, yeah. which shows from a ring tone, a ring doorbell right. of a woman being attacked. There's nothing, You don't see who did it, but you hear her scream. Yeah, it's a, it's, and, a very, it's a very powerful ad. It's shaken up the political establishment, particularly in Chicago, where uh, several TV stations under political pressure, obviously, have decided they're not going to run the ad. But the ad is a real, uh, it really punches people's buttons, and that's why the governor was so angry about it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it points out that crime in Chicago is out of control, and it lays the blame at the feet of uh, Lightfoot and Pritzker, Mayor Lightfoot and uh, Governor yeah. Pritzker. Basically, it says, have you had enough? Yeah, how much worse right. does it have to get? Right. Yeah, Lightfoot, yeah. Pritzker, how much worse does it have to get? Uh no, it's it's a it's an incredible ad, and uh, well, you can you can see it you can see it on uh, the internet if you Google the scream, it's, the scream I think will come up. Yeah, John Cass writes about it quite a bit. Uh, Nine forty eight. <clears throat> Back in a moment here with Jim Dye. Nine fifty one on a penny for your thoughts here as we visit with Jim Dye of the News Gazette. He's talking about a variety of issues here up until uh, ten o'clock. Doctor Charles Murphy with OSF Orthopedic Surgeon just after the news at ten, and then we'll talk about the incident at Kickapoo Creek at the Virginia Theater and the concert outside with uh, R.C. Raycraft in a little bit. Uh, listener says, "I wish to remain anonymous. I wish to be put under whistleblower status on this subject." The subject is the I-7457 interchange, which today, Phase 1, is supposed to be completed. 
It is a 38% completion, and Phase 2 is supposed to start today, which won't due to Phase 1 being delayed due to incompetent management on both sides of IDOT and the contractor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about what that. The, what the process is on that. Uh, happy Friday, Brian and Jim. If you haven't had a chance to see a high-powered offense and great defensive team, check out the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. I have seen the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, yeah. and they are impressive, and they have a quarterback, uh, White Baum, and a, mm-hmm. a receiving core that is absolutely outstanding. I mean, they play a really entertaining brand mm-hmm. of high school football. That's the judge's son, by the way. That is Jason's son. Jason's absolutely. son. We're going to have Jason on a little bit in October. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Well, this kid is about six four or five, and he big. has got a big arm. Oh yeah. my gosh, he nice. throws fifty yards easy. And and the thing that's impressive about that team is it's hard for high school athletes to to successfully carry out big plays. I mean. They don't catch the ball very well. His receivers at Muhammad, it's like they have glue on their hands. They yeah. are terrific. They catch everything. They catch everything. And the quarterback <laughs> puts the ball right where it should be. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun. And it's it, I went there a couple of weeks ago to see him play. And uh, it was a great high school atmosphere. It really was. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. I'm, I mean, I didn't have anything going for either team, and uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So They, they take it seriously. They do, right yeah. There, yeah. They're serious about their fun. As do I. <laughs> Uh, Champaign-Urbana, a texter says, has many locations for free services, housing, and free food daily. Why can't social services or police offer to drive them to a shelter where the bus is free? The people sitting on the highways and store entrances are causing serious safety issues. I, I think the caller might misunderstand how hard it is to deal with a lot of these people. Uh, the homeless people that they're talking about, I mean, these people are, pe- are individuals with serious Generally speaking, serious mental health, alcohol, uh, personal problems, they're not easily, you can't hurt them around like well-behaving cattle. Hmm. Uh, Text says, can you describe better how to see the ad about the scream? Uh, No, I'm not sure I can, but I think if you, you, um, let's see how to do that. Uh, Just Google the scream and Dan Proft, P-R-O-F-T, the scream and Dan Proft. That should get it for you. Uh, let's see. Hi, Brian and Jim. I think your comments concerning Biden's open border are accurate. The Democratic governor's attacks on Republicans because of a few hundred immigrants being sent to their cities is really bizarre. The disgusting part of Biden's open southern border policy is the massive number of people coming into the country unchecked, which leaves the families in servitude to the drug cartels that charge thousands of dollars to bring you bring them here. That we have women and children being trafficked across the border along with fentanyl which is killing our kids, and everyone ignores it to protect Biden, that we have no idea how many terrorists and gang members are coming in as we have thousands uh, of gotaways. Thanks. Have a nice weekend, <laughs> listener says, <laughs> after all that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a problem. I mean, they can tell you all you want that it's secure, and it's not. You can see I mean, it's clear as the clear as day. Like that's, that's the thing that kind of blows me away is yeah. everybody can see what the situation is. So when Kamala Harris gets on uh, TV and says, oh, no, everything's fine, I mean, does anybody believe that other than maybe her husband? I, yeah. well, I, I don't get it. Yeah, and uh, what about inflation? That's the other one. They well, have, yeah. The inflation's up. I mean, everything is up, way up. Well, the mar- stock market's not up. <laughs> yeah, the stock market went down the other day. But it was they had a party, basically, to say, hey, it's 
it was flat or you know it's going down yeah it was or, the, to celebrate yeah. the inflation control act reduction act doesn't yeah. control inflation but then they yeah. got a report in the middle of it yeah. while uh that the inflation was like around nine percent and of course then uh topping it all off was they had the big party and james taylor was performing and he saw and he sang the song fire and rain which is of course about suicide <laughs> So it's a perfect capper. <laughs> wow. Well, some one writer today, editorial writer, compared it to, it said it was approaching Baghdad Bob level <laughs> with uh, Saddam Hussein's spokesman, who, while the city was being destroyed around him, was like, everything's fine. Well, he was a quote all, machine, wasn't he? A good old Baghdad he, Bob. Where is he these days? <laughs> I, I don't know if he's alive. I think he passed away. I don't know. Well, he was good. He was good at what he, what he was doing. He certainly had confidence. Well, he... Yeah, it was, that was the joke. Was you know, the city was just falling apart around him, and <laughs> and he was surrounded by reporters who were doing stories about him. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's fine. It's all good. <laughs> so uh, here we are laughing again about things that are inappropriate. Well, no, it's uh, <laughs> I just that's what uh, it, it has gotten absurd. You know, it's it's the uh, don't believe what I'm seeing with my own eyes uh, is just kind of that way it is. Uh, Steve, how are you? Hey, it's a great morning, but uh, I find it interesting. You just talked about White Bomb and his dad, Jason. But about an hour ago, I just had coffee with uh, Jason's dad at McDonald's here in Princeton, and he said he's getting ready to make the drive to Lincoln tonight. Yeah, well, of course, he's a, he, is a, he and the wife are watching that kid play every down. So uh, it's, uh, I'm sure it's a f- lot of fun for him. But like I said, as a grandparent, she said they love it traveling and so. Oh forth. yeah, oh yeah, well, sure. Nothing like it. So. Well, they're okay, un- they're undefeated like so far, and it's a even if you're not a fan of any particular player, the games are fun to watch, and the atmosphere is terrific. Yep. Yeah, I've worked in the I've worked in the concession stand for those games. Have you? Oh yeah, it's a ha- it's a busy place. Yeah, I made a lot of popcorn one night. Hey, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. And Becky, hi, Becky. Good morning, guys. Let me turn my TV off. <laughs> okay. Um, hold on. I want to know if you can tell me, Jim, if the News Gazette can find out the author of the No Trespass. I know it was done in committee. Kind of in the uh, middle well, of the I, night. I really can't because there's no single author. It was produced by the Black Caucus. And, and it was, uh, I'm sure L.G. Sims' name is on it. Uh, Carol Ammons' is uh associated with it uh there are a lot of interest groups uh that were involved in writing the thing so it's uh i forgot now what the uh bill number is but if you look no, i've got the bill number so i could look and wanted to see just exactly who voted for it oh well so but, yeah you know actually there were a lot of democrats that were really nervous about voting for that and they had so many democrats in the house and the senate that um, they could have some of them take a pass uh, and vote no because they knew it was going to pass anyhow. And uh, Mike Madigan is the guy who actually cast the theoretical deciding vote. And of course, he he did that one out of, for political reasons and two that he wanted he was wanted to cement uh, the uh, Black Caucus's support for his continuation as speaker, speaker. which that that didn't work didn't very work well. out. Oh. But if you if you if you Google Illinois General Assembly. And then when you get to um, the leg- you can then you can find legislation there and put the number in, and they will tell you everything you want to know about uh, who voted for what. And it got who voted, but I want to know somebody had to, <laughs> and and almost worth 
the money. I don't know. No, what we'll tell you who is. sponsored it, and it will give you the exact yeah. breakdown and, and the timeline. Yeah, to find yeah. out the cost of the ticket that mm-hmm. you're going to get, and go put our tents up on their yard and see what they think about it then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Becky. Depending on the cost of the ticket. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Got to go to the news. Thank you, sir. Went fast. We're done. We're done, huh? We're done. Okay. That's it. All right. Thank you. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone via text or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts coming your way here on this sunny Friday and a great first hour. Man, that went fast with uh, Jim Dye. We appreciate him being in with us and all the comments. Somebody said they found the Lakeview Scream. They Googled it, said they love it. This is what the Democrats are allowing by uh, turning their heads away, I guess. And another one says about Muhammad Seymour High School, terrific high school football team, but what happens when they strike? That will end all of that. Well, they have an intent to strike. They haven't struck yet. So all of that happening in Muhammad. And i got a couple of over other leftover texts. I'll get to those uh, early next week. So anyway, uh, by the way, on Monday next week, our Monday morning quarterback show presented by Berkey's, uh, we will have uh, Bob Stoops on, longtime Oklahoma coach, will uh, join us, and uh, Coach Q as well, and Lauren Tate on our Monday morning quarterback show. No football game. Uh, tomorrow for Illinois, of course, plenty of high school football, Central and Centennial. Our uh, show today brought to you by OSF Cardiovascular Institute. Your heart is their mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash beat. And uh, they sponsor our Larni Fridays. And we have a uh, orthopedic surgeon here from OSF. Dr. James Murphy is with us. How are you, sir? Uh, good, Brian. Good. It's great to be here. Thanks. Good to have you with us. You're a U of I grad. I am, yeah. yeah. 1994. Yeah, you were here in the days of uh, Makovic and Tepper then. Yes, yes, yeah. the good old days. Did you yeah. go to a lot of games? I, I did, yeah. yeah. I, I loved watching it. They had uh, Dana Howard and mm-hmm. uh, Simeon Rice and uh, uh, Verdusco was the quarterback. Those were some, some really uh, entertaining teams and uh, really great program, great program under those guys. Yep, and trying to get back there Yeah, with Brett Bielema, so... You have time to even go to games now? Is no, there, not no? too much time. I got I got six kids, so I I go to plenty of games, but just not the uh, not the Illini. Yeah. How long have you been at OSF? I've been there about eight months now. Okay, yeah. You were up where in Chicago? I was in Chicago area practicing there, and uh, mm-hmm. just wanted to get away from some of the craziness of Chicago. I'm sure your listeners can <laughs> relate. So uh, it's nice being back down here. Yeah, orthopedic surgeon. Yes. When did you get into that? Was that something of interest at the beginning? Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I guess for for me, it's a bit of a family business. My uh, uh, my grandfather was an orthopedic surgeon, and my father also was an orthopedic surgeon, and uh, that's just you know kind of what we do. So hmm. it's uh, it's something that that I was drawn to. Where did they uh, practice? A Chicago area. Oh, all well. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, that's a great family tradition. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's uh, I'm I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do. Yeah. So uh, was there any pressure to get into that, or you just kind of you like? No, you it, it it wasn't pressure. It was just you know kind of you know growing up with my dad, uh, you know, and and just kind of seeing what he was able to do for uh, for people who are injured and 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 things like that, and just kind of admiring you know the fact that you can you know have that kind of impact and, and help people out. Mm-hmm. So how do you help people out? What what all do you do? What is well, what does Doctor Murphy do yeah, day to day? So day to day, I see uh, I see people um, over at OSF and and uh, um, just a variety of of injuries and and ailments and joint problems, carpal tunnel, shoulder, knee, you know, you name it. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's just a lot of fun to you know meet people and you know try to figure out what's going on and, and see if I you know what we need to do to help them. Yeah. Do you help? Uh, I guess all ages. Do you see generally certain yeah. age group more than others? Or do yeah. You... No. So so there's there's you know certainly some conditions. For example, with pediatrics, they need to see a pediatric orthopedic specialist. And but then if uh, you know if a, there's a high school kid who you know hurts their knee or something like that, then I'm I'm you know more than uh, willing and able to help them. And you know kids who have simple fractures and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's something I I do regularly. Dr. James Murphy is with us. He's an orthopedic surgeon at OSF Healthcare. We're glad to have him with us here for a few minutes today. We'll talk about the incident at Kickapoo Creek coming up with R.C. Raycraft a little later uh, in this hour. We had Jim Dye in the uh, first hour. Talk about your grandfather and then your father. The technology in all of this oh, it's, right, has come a long way. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's it's really been amazing. And and the things that, that we're able to do now um, are, are really, you know, I, I give, you know, most of the credit to, to – extending life to to my colleagues who are the cardiovascular and the oncologists etc mm-hmm. but as far as the quality of that life you know orthopedic surgeons can really have a great impact on people uh, as they get older so that they can remain active remain doing what they love doing you know whether it's golf or jogging or, or whatever they they want to keep doing we all break down you know i'm mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm in i'm in that i'm in that category too yeah. so so um you know we all need uh help with our musculoskeletal skeletal health and um we're able to do so much now arthroscopically and and with uh um surgery and and not surgery you know there there's lots we can do you know non operatively that that can help people as well one of the persons you mentioned to me before we started you knew was uh, Dr. James Andrews yes. who in the sports world yes. who i think that's a pretty famous name yeah he's probably uh, the most famous orthopedic surgeon maybe ever you know mm-hmm. he's been on every sports page in the country at some point or another he's he's uh been the go-to guy for for all the, the major athletes and all the major sports and uh, I was uh, a fellow down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama with him for a year. Uh, my focus was on the foot and ankle aspect of the uh, um, uh, of his practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a really neat guy, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's definitely the the real deal as far as his skills and mm-hmm. everything. Is he still doing a lot? Or is I, he? I, I I've heard that he's he's slowed down a bit, but yeah. he, and he's he's more into the sort of you know teaching and, and leaving mm-hmm. his legacy and. He's he's literally trained hundreds and hundreds of of people to uh, to do what he he does, and um, they're all over the country, you know, doing great work. Well, when you think about it, uh, and and you've seen this with your family and orthopedics, and we talked about the technology, but when somebody would have a they blow out a knee or whatever in at in athletics, they were done for a long time. Oh yeah, I mean, now it's like yeah. The know. the typical example is Gail Sayers, who is mm-hmm. one of the most electric running backs of all time. Um, and you know he, he's in the Hall of Fame and had such a short career because he was so great. 
and he blew out his knee. And, and if he were, if they had the technology then that they have now, he may have played 15 years and, and had mm. held every record in the book. Um, now you have kids who are, you know, high school kids or college kids, they, they get an ACL injury or, or something like that. And we're able to give them a full, complete career. Um, like I, I forget the kid's name is coming to U of I to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no hesitation. He always has an ACL. That's all right. He'll, he'll come yeah. back. He'll, he'll have a great career. So, you know, it's really, um, that's, you know, uh, a lot of, um, great work and great, you know, um, uh, kind of research and everything that's gone into that, uh, that's, that's, um, you know, we're all, we're all on the shoulders of giants with that. Absolutely. Uh, joint replacement. That's a big one. Yeah. Everybody, hey, I got my hip replaced. I got yeah. this. So it's, uh, it's, it's funny. I, I'm, uh, I'm giving a, a little talk on, on joint replacement later this month. Um, uh, September 29th, 29th I think over yep. at the hospital. And, um, it's, I, I've, you know, as part of that talk, I've, I've looked into the, the history of it a little bit and they've been, they were attempting to, to do a, a version of joint replacement even in the early, early 20th century. And it was, you know, if you if you really go down that rabbit hole, it was fraught with with difficulties and problems. And then in the 60s, they they were kind of able to to get around some of those problems, uh, biocompatibility and things like that. And and now, you know, you take somebody who, you know, in the old days, they would be relegated to, you know, limping with a cane or or worse. And, And now those people are out golfing, they're they're out enjoying their retirement years. And um, it's really been a boon to the quality of life, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. just being able to do what you want to do and continue to be active and, and you know, get into the Little League games that, that your grandkids are playing and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Dr. James Murphy with us a few minutes this morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. He's an orthopedic uh, surgeon with OSF. Uh, I guess eventually it comes down like a joint replacement or whatever. Um, is you want to replace it or repair it? I guess yeah, the decision yeah, so, has to be made. Right? So yeah, that's any time that there's a joint uh, problem, you know, a lot goes into those uh, uh, those decisions, and um, you know, if if you know the age is a factor, you know, you want to you want to hold off on those total joints until you're um, ideally 65 or older, because like anything else that man makes, it it has a a limit. Mm-hmm. You know, even even the best cars break down, right? So. Um, you want to wait on the total joint uh, uh, until you're you're ready for it, um, and until then, then there's different repair uh, techniques or, or treatment techniques, really, that mm-hmm. can um, uh, relieve pain and, and increase function. Mm-hmm. Recovery pretty quick on it's, most of them. Yeah, it's 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 really gotten a lot better. And and you know, when I started my practice, you know, I started back in uh, 2003. I was out of residency and. It used to be pretty common for somebody with a total joint to stay in the hospital for a week or even longer. And now we're getting the patients in and out in a couple of days. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll see, you know, I'll go up to round on my patients the day after surgery and they're up walking on their mm-hmm. walker in the hallway with their phys- physical therapist. And it's, it's really um, the recovery is, um, of course, you have to rehab the muscles and get the joint, you know, working again and kind of, uh, getting your your gait or your walking uh, back to normal, so there's a process, but it's not it's not arduous and it's not overly painful, and and you know people are are really really happy once they're able to get around like they haven't in years. A lot of times, mm-hmm. orthopedic surgeons are there a lot 
in town? I mean, it's a community our size. Yeah, that there's is, there's there's a lot of uh, really great, you know, well-trained people around, and and um, you know, it's it's uh, you know, I think there's there's um, lots of lots of uh, you know orthopedic surgeons who are doing great work mm-hmm. very well trained yeah. people and again you're working at osf now and uh, yeah. certainly um you obviously see a great opportunity there yeah for you sure know, they, you know. um they're they, they've uh, been a very uh, different hospital than ones i've worked in in the past and you know hospitals always have to have their their monetary bottom line that's that's they have to mm-hmm. be responsible with things like that and then some hospitals tilt too far toward the the monetary and and what what I've always said and what OSF um, has proven to me that they agree with is that um, if you do the work if you do good work and you're you're conscientious with your patients and you're always doing the right thing money will take care of itself for the hospital system and, and um, you know they they've you know shown me you know they put their money where their mouth is and they they've never I've never been pressured to to do this or that or, or things along those lines. It's just whatever's best for the patient, mm. and that's really a refreshing uh, thing about mm. OSF. Yeah, bedside manner is really important. People, you know, that yeah. are in a vulnerable situation, no matter if it's this or some other oh, I, situation. I, I tell people all the time, nobody wants to see me, right? Right. Nobody, nobody <laughs> wakes up one day and says, "Boy, I, I can't wait to meet the orthopedic surgeon." But when when they have to, you have to kind of empathize and put yourself in their shoes, and and whether they've had an injury or whether they have a you know, arthritic condition or what have you, they don't want to have that. And so they, they, you have to treat them where they are and, you know, try to figure it out together. And, and that's, that's always been my thing. When I see a patient, I become partners with that patient Mm -hmm. and we're partners in their, in their health. So I need to let them know what's going on. I need to, to inform them and explain to them, um, what I think their condition is and, and how to best get through it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm a teacher as much as I am a doctor. Yeah, and a little bit of reassurance, too, because for, for those of us that are going under the knife or going through the procedure, it's a huge it's deal. It's scary, yeah. You do it, all, you do it every yeah. day. So, you know, for you, it's a, it's a process. Yeah. You want to do a good job. But remembering that, oh, of course. That, oh yeah, this is traumatic for people. Oh, yeah, I, I always say minor surgery is surgery done on somebody else. You know, if you're having surgery, it's major to you. I don't care if it's a carpal tunnel or whatever it is. It's it's yeah. nerve wracking, and and you have to let them know that that you know what you're doing, and you're in charge, and you're gonna they're gonna be all right. So, uh, texter said, "I'm a 57 year old female who had her second reverse shoulder replacement. Oof. Same shoulder. What percentage of patients have had a second one? Same joint. I'm an active person. Yeah, first so, one got infected apparently. So let's say a reverse total shoulder. Those are relatively new, and mm-hmm. it's called reverse." Because the shoulder, as most people know, it's a ball and socket joint. You remember that from high school anatomy mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And in this case, you, you reverse it. So you put the ball uh, in the uh, scapular, the wing bone, and the, and the socket is on the arm bone. So mm-hmm. it, it reverses it. And the advantage to that is that you don't have to rely so heavily on the soft tissues of the shoulder, which oftentimes are compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ends up being a more stable joint. Um, Anytime you do a, a joint replacement on, and especially a second joint replacement on somebody as young as 57, and that is young, um, you know, it's, it's a low percentage of, of patients who, who require mm-hmm. that, but oftentimes necessary. The good news that I'll tell your texter is that the shoulder is not a weight-bearing joint, of course. We don't walk on our hands. Mm-hmm. And so those joints don't wear out, uh, those total joints don't wear out the, way, the same way a knee or a hip does. Um, and there's there's some uh, science behind that, but 
hopefully if if you know she has, she gets a little bit of luck um, that will hopefully last a good long time. Dr. James Murphy is with us for a few minutes here, orthopedic surgeon at OSF. Uh, Sarah, I think, has a question. Hi, Sarah. Yes, good morning. Um, I was just, the doctor was commenting on how recovery rates have changed. My aunt had a total knee replacement done in 1971. And at the same time, the, the doctor fused her left leg and made it stiff. Mm-hmm. So she would have, quote, one good leg to stand on. Yeah. And her recovery time was quite a bit more, but it bought her some good lot years. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Fusing the knee was a was a standard operation back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, for people who are in really bad knee pain, it was oftentimes the best that they could do. Knee replacements um, were very tricky to do in the 70s. And, and, uh, yes. And were... Um, uh, the the implants weren't weren't as good as they are now, of course, and the the procedure was very difficult. You almost had to be an artist to know how to. You know, we do we do saw cuts, believe it or not. A regular saw, you might be mm. similar to something you'd have in your garage, but but it's it's a little yeah. different. Anyway, it's uh, it took a a, a really uh, keen eye to be able to do those knee replacements back in the seventies, mm. and now the the technology is such that there's there's these really neat cutting jigs that we use and. We're able to do it a little more readily, but uh, knee fusion was a uh, a standard operation going going back that far. Hmm. Yes, it was, and he he fused her left leg so she would still be able to drive a car. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So, <laughs> that's really interesting. I, yeah, what, I, what, I just thought I would tell you that and that yeah. it, it was a different life back then. So that, that, that so that would make one leg shorter than the other. Was that? What, well, or not, or yeah, it, it would. It's not, not be. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It it just made one leg stiff. Okay. So when she would sit down, it would be straight out. You know, oh. on a chair. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But never heard of that. Well, thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. Yeah, it is interesting when you. Yeah, hear the, the advances in orthopedics have really been uh, uh, amazing, and especially in the total joint community, there. Uh, there's there's a lot uh, you can look into, but the the main thing in total joints that has improved the most is the the plastic, believe it or not, that's that's mm. used in knees. So so knees are made of metal and plastic, and the plastic was uh, fraught with problems from the beginning, and and the the breakdown of the plastic. In fact, the very first total hips that were done, real total hips, uh, were done with Teflon as as mm. the plastic, and Teflon is not a good biocompatible. Uh, su- substance and it uh, it breaks down within a year. It, it it just you know really causes a big problem. Wow! And so the the guy who did it was in, over in England and um, had all kinds of problems. He said, "I'm never doing those again. I'm never ever doing it again." Well, he happened to know somebody who worked with polyethylene, and he said, "Why don't you try this ultra high weight polyethylene?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, I'm not doing that. I already heard enough patients with my last idea," and so he got talked into it and that was the first successful study of total hip patients was a guy named John Charnley in England hmm. because he just happened to know somebody who worked with this plastic so we still use that <laughs> that plastic today but how to sterilize it and how to um yeah. how to best keep it from breaking down has been the the big challenge over time
Hmm. Again, you're going to be at a meet and greet uh, over, uh, let's see here, on uh, the 29th of September. Yeah. This is the hospital? At the hospital. At the hospital. Yeah, front door, yeah. <laughs> uh, 9, 9 to 10.30 a.m. Yeah. On Thursday, September 29th, uh, September 29th, if you'd like to meet For sure, Dr. yeah. And and we're going to talk about total joints and, and you know, kind of the history of them and, and kind of the what we do now and, you know, just, just kind of have fun and, and just talk about it. You know, yeah. I, I think... A lot of people are intimidated to go see an orthopedic surgeon because they think, well, if I go see the surgeon, I have to have surgery. And that's not obviously the case at all. You know, mm-hmm. it's just I'm just there to, to talk to people and help them figure out what to do. And oftentimes I'll talk people out of a total joint. They'll come and say, I, I need my knee replaced. And I'll say, ah, no, you don't. Let's let's try this, this shot mm-hmm. and see if that doesn't do the trick for a little while and, and try to put off that total joint. So. Mm-hmm. That's that's a conversation I've had a lot as well. Yeah, not do them just to do them. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you have to. Everything's <laughs> got to be right, and everything has to be necessary, really. So, it's it's a decision that we make together. Yeah. Well, Doctor Murphy, thank you. Oh, absolutely. for coming in. Oh, it's, it's been a pleasure. And people can learn more about you, I guess. Just go on and OSF and yeah, look you up and look me up and, and, and come yeah, see me. Come we'll, see we, me. Yeah, absolutely. On Thursday, September 29th, nine to ten thirty at OSF. They're in Urbana. All right. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Dr. James Murphy, back in a moment. All right. We're at 1030 here at the bottom of the hour. Appreciate Dr. Murphy being with us. If you missed any of that, WDWS.com for the podcast a little later. We had Jim Dye on in the first hour. Man, this goes fast. We're at uh, 1030. Roost by Roger. Uh, 35 plus years of uh, in being in the business for uh, Roger Ochiltree, nearly 50 years, 46. Not a storm chasing roofing company. They have enhanced warranties, 50 year system warranty. Got a great video out about gutters, how they cut them. It's on YouTube. Actually, bring a machine out to the client's home, and the machine bends a large roll of aluminum into a perfect gutter that can be cut to size. That video is on the website, Facebook, and YouTube channels. So check that out. Their website as a whole is roofsbyroger.com. Services include roofing, gutters, gutter guard, windows, and siding. If you're thinking, man, I inflation's way up, I can't afford a roof. Well, they've got payment plans, financing available, so maybe you can do it that way and get it done so you don't have to take off such a big chunk uh, of your income to do it. So, and they're, you know, hey, roof roofs are not cheap by definition. I mean, they're an important part of what you do in your house. But maybe some financing might be the way to go on that. So anyway, Roofs by Roger, roofsbyroger.com. I've had a couple of roofs over my lifetime, and, um, yeah, it's a big deal. All right, 1031 at DWS. Our show today brought to you by our friends at OSF. We appreciate them being a sponsor. OSF Healthcare Cardiovascular Institute, expert heart care right for you in Champaign-Urbana. And no need to travel to Chicago, Indianapolis, or St. Louis for general cardiology to the most complex surgeries. OSF Healthcare Cardiovascular Institute right here for you. You can trust the experts there. The most advanced heart and vascular treatments right here for you at OSF Healthcare Cardiovascular Institute in Champaign-Urbana. 10.32, CBS News this hour, brought to you by Blaine's Farm and Fleet, your ag headquarters helping you get the job done right with farm supplies and equipment, fencing, feed, and more, Wisconsin-based and family-owned since 1955. We'll talk about uh, the incident at Kickapoo Creek. What in the world is that? Well, it happened about 50 years ago. We'll uh, explain here in just a moment.
All right, we're on a penny for your thoughts. We are back. 1037. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. Dave Miller, Bill Gallo, very passionate about what they do, and they're located on the south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. I've told you about these guys for years, but uh, big thing is after you've had an accident, and that is no fun. It's like the orthopedic surgeon mentioned. Nobody wants to go see the orthopedic surgeon, but same way with the collision folks. I mean, nobody wants to see them, but they're there to help you if you, they are needed, and uh, you hand them your keys after you've had an accident or a ding of some kind, and they remove the stress about repairing your vehicle. It's a weight off your shoulders. Check out their website, gallomiller.com. We're on a penny for your thoughts. No football this weekend, so you can go to the Virginia Theater, right, R.C. Raycraft? How are you? I'm doing great, and yeah. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm a big fan. You did some work for Stevie J a long time ago. Yeah, I was. I did my internship in college at WDWS, and <laughs> really, I really learned a lot. Wow! So you're the guy that made all the phone calls to the phone booths. I had uh, his um, secret book of phone number of phone booth numbers, <laughs> and I would have people on deck waiting to go live on the air with Stevie J on WDWS. Wow! Well, that goes back a ways. It so you does. worked in you worked in the old old building. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's still standing. It just looks different now. Well, it's it's been gutted on the inside. Well, the so. idea of a phone booth to begin yeah, with. Yeah, they're calling a phone booth, yeah. <laughs> the other voice you're hearing is that of LA Fredrickson, Larry Fredrickson. Yeah, that's me. Yep. And uh, we got a big <laughs> event coming up. Kickapoo Creek Outdoor Rock Concert, Memorial Day weekend, May 30, 1970. That's correct. So was this like the Woodstock of uh or what was what was it this? Was the tell Woodstock me. of the of the West. Yeah. So well, tell me more about it. What what, the, the what, what was it? The festival was on a farm outside of Hayworth, and um, it really wouldn't have taken place if it weren't for the key players in Champagne, because at that time, um, Champagne was the epicenter of rock and roll. You mm -hmm. had Irving Azoff, Bob Nutt, John Barrick, who uh, worked for Blythem limited mm -hmm. and they had a stable of bands everyone from um ario which was a house band to uh, members of sticks uh michael mcdonald uh, a band called fuse which was um before cheap trick mm -hmm. so there were a lot of rock and roll icons that um spawned out of champagne yeah, the uh, incident at Kickapoo Creek Rock Festival featured some of the biggest musical acts of the year, including REO, B.B. King, Dan Fogelberg, Canned Heat, Ted Nugent, Country Joe and the Fish, Paul Butterfield Blues Band, Michael McDonald, and many more. And so I guess there was some concert footage. So tell me what the, the film we're going to see. Is it from, from this, then? The film is, there's no uh, B-roll in the film. It's all okay. actual film that was either recorded. The film starts off in Champaign mm. right after Kent State, right after uh, Nixon invaded Cambodia, mm -hmm. and um, students were protesting, and the National Guard had to be called, and they were lined up and down uh, Green Street. Mm. So this, you know, so it's the, about that time. Yeah. You know, that well, it was, was two weeks before. Yeah. So nobody wanted, you know, uh, a bunch of hippies <laughs> to show up to this little village of Hayworth, which yeah. is about thirty miles from here. Um, and it was too late. You know, they had been advertising yeah. it for six months. So hmm. it was an outlaw festival. So why Hayworth? Because Hayworth. the gentleman farmer 
and his cronies decided that they could capitalize off what was done at Woodstock, except they could figure out how to make money doing it. And one of their biggest assets was Irving Azoff, who was 21 years old. Wow. And he really pulled it it off because he got the national axe and made sure that everything was sorted out. Hmm. And there were no arrests. No one got killed. Um, There were no police on the grounds themselves. The security was a motorcycle gang. And in the film, and I'm really excited about showing this because it it shows what was going on in the era in Champaign and then goes right into the festival. Hmm. And there was no stopping it. Hmm. Wow. And how long does it go, the film? The movie is uh, about an hour and 32 minutes. Okay. And I did uh, one of the primary interviews, my favorite interviews, was I interviewed B.B. King when I was about 24 years old. Really? Yeah. So this is going to be featured in? That's going to be a short film prior okay. to, the, to uh, the movie playing. And um, he was so gracious and, you know, reveals a lot. He didn't like to talk about the history of The Thrill is Gone because he actually didn't write it. Mm. So he didn't really like to record it. But he was supposed to show, uh, go on stage at 10 o'clock in the evening and ended up going on at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so we talk about that. And he tells the history of The Thrill is Gone. So it's kind of the short film's a bunch of outtakes from the film. But it is, um, as a 24-year-old director, at the time, I was really embarrassed, but I got what I needed. Mm. But when I look back at it later, it's so funny that i had to show it so that's never been seen before so the film is going to be at seven yes and that'll all start at seven o'clock at the virginia theater uh, proceeds are benefiting the virginia theater that's right right yeah. going back to the <clears throat> that was uh, rc's idea mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. so that was a very cool mm-hmm. thing on his part and yeah. i think some of it's going back to the uh, foundation champagne mm-hmm. parks foundation so that's at seven but at five o'clock there's outdoor music yeah um when I approached the Virginia about this, Stephen Bentz got it because it was such a uh, unique kind of a snapshot in time here in 1970, and uh, it was local, and it was an event that really uh, there were two sides to it. There was uh, everybody that had a terrific time at this festival, and then there were the people that were scared to death of what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, RC mentioned that there was a motorcycle gang that provided security, and then they hired another motorcycle gang to watch over the first motorcycle gangs. <laughs> <laughs> Keep but an eye on them. The yeah. amazing thing is that nothing happened. I mean, nobody got hurt, like yeah. you said, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I don't know. There might be, there was a lot of social unrest, you know, a lot of uh, things that people were not happy about. He mm-hmm. he mentioned. Uh, National Guard on uh, Champaign-Urbana campus, but they had also closed down ISU, right, at the same time? That's mm. correct. Wow. So right in between this thing, mm. we got 60,000 hippies. Yeah. That's and, how many people attended over yeah. in, in uh, Hayworth? Yeah. 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 Another amazing thing, too, is wow. that, uh, well, you'll find out more about it, but uh, um, all the bands got paid. Irving says that, and then the guy that uh, started it went, he kind of was The farmer gone. decided that uh, he didn't want to pay a quarter of a million dollars in fines and spend a year in jail so he disappeared never be heard from again <laughs> stuffed all the money into two sleeping yeah. bags and left now the docu- <laughs> the uh, documentary also reveals some dramatic twists and turns local states attorneys intent on stopping the event oh yeah the, uh, the an arrest warrant the state's attorney put out an arrest warrant and served an injunction the day before really they knew each other socially 
Yeah, now who mm-hmm. was the state's attorney then? Uh, yeah. The state's attorney at the time was, um, his last name was Welch. Okay. And um, he had it out for Lewis. So um, he huh. makes it very apparent throughout the film that he was not a fan. I think mm. you were going to even throw um, David's 88-year-old mother in jail or something That's, like that, too? They cited his mother at the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. with nothing oh to do goodness. with it but uh, own the land. Yeah. Now, I want to add the uh, film we're showing, the movie, documentary, whatever you, whatever you, the official term is, um, it's it's for mature audiences, yeah, correct? Eight, we need to correct. tell people that, 18 yeah. and up. That's an interesting yeah. point because it's there's it's not graphic and um, it's more National Geographic. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of skinny dipping that went on in the. Okay. Uh, but you know what's interesting about that too is that like BB King when he mentioned he played his thing at four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning when he got done with his set he took his band all down to the to the creek where everybody was skinny dipping and they played down there they rolled up their trousers and, oh and went out in the water and played <laughs> for the skinny dipping. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting bit of history. It really is. right over here. It is. It's been a labor of love, and I'm Mm. really glad um, to have the opportunity to to show it at such a prestigious theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was the other thing. Stephen really wanted something unique for, uh, we're celebrating their 100th, you know, just Mm -hmm. as this was postponed. Uh, the fiftieth, um, these the Virginia's hundredth was postponed mm. because of pandemic and stuff. So yeah, so it's yeah. a really nice tie in here. Yeah. And that was their idea to do this uh, band out front, um, all ages kind of thing. And the band is playing uh, music that you likely would have heard if you were at the festival. Mm-hmm. So it's nineteen seventy seven. Ten forty seven. Let me get a quick break in because I got to do that, and then we'll come back with R. C. Raycraft. And again, we're talking about the incident at Kickapoo Creek. From 1970, Memorial Day weekend, and we'll talk about some more about the bands out front and what you can do to go see it here back in a moment. 10.50, here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, visiting with R.C. Raycraft, is the producer-director of this remarkable film documentary on uh, the incident at Kickapoo Creek over in Hayworth, Memorial Day weekend of uh, 1970. So we're going back a ways here. All right, got a couple of folks here that want to talk to you, and so let's go to Eric. How you doing, Eric? Uh, doing good. Um, when you when you mentioned Woodstock of the West, the first thing that popped into my mind was Altamont. <laughs> a few months before that, with the uh, with the Hell's Angels and everything, is uh, any tie-ins with that to this or concerns because of that? Well, the only thing that they have in common is they both had mo- motorcycle gangs as security, and you know <laughs> you would have thought that the farmer pr- promoter would have known better. But it, it's interesting that you say that because there were a lot of parallels. Woodstock came when the, the festival happened. The movie and the soundtrack didn't come out until after Kickapoo. So everything that took place at Kickapoo Creek were all the legends and exaggerations from Woodstock were the social norm at Kickapoo Creek. Hmm. Okay. All right. And well, that was that was one more reason why people were a little bit uh, nervous about this whole thing because you know someone died at Altamont and murdered motorcycle, right? motorcycle and, uh, club. So you've got all the you've got National Guard on the ISU campus and on the university campus, social unrest, student unrest, and motorcycle gangs, and it sounds like a recipe for disaster. Hmm. And it didn't happen. All right. Uh, the only other question uh, I yeah. have, is: This the only t- chance to see it is uh, tomorrow night, or is there other other chances to see it after that? There will be other chances to uh, see it. I'm going to do a uh, a tour with it, and eventually okay. it'll be available on streaming services. 
Wonderful. Okay, thank you. All right. You. Hey, Thanks thank you, Eric. Time. Appreciate it. Real quick, we have two posters you want to give away. That's right. These are the original posters. These Copy are of copies of the original, original posters. Original posters. Uh, he's all. leaving one with me, and I appreciate that. Uh, it's got all the bands and everything. B.B. King's mentioned on there. And uh, if you'd like to get one of these, we've got two to give away. That's correct. So just the first two that can ring in, just call us at 217-356-9397. 217-356-9397. Just ring in, and if you can pick them up, we'll have them here at the station. Uh, we're open until 4 during the day. So if you want to stop by and get those, just uh, call Adam, and he'll uh, he'll get one for you. All right, uh, Karen is up next. Hi, Karen. Hi. I just wanted to say I was I was there for three days. Wow. <laughs> you were there. Good for you. Uh, I was there. I tell you what, my ex-husband supplied the horses <laughs> that the, the bikers rode to patrol the area. <laughs> really? That's right. They rode around in the double perimeter fence. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. It was... Uh, it was very interesting, very... Were you ever scared? No. Hmm. No, I was I was never scared. Um, of course, we kind of had the bikers on our side. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's always an asset. <laughs> so what do you remember about, I mean, what, the, the music? The, I mean, what stands out in your memory? All oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing B.B. King. He played late at night. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I saw people naked going down mudslides into the creek, and I mean it was just wild. And they had a a tent for people that you know had overdosed, and you didn't want to eat anything there. I mean, you didn't want to eat anything. Hmm. RC, who who built that uh, mudslide? Was that there was somebody? Was there was someone, a local gentleman from Hayworth named Jack Dyer, who was in charge of the roads and stuff. And Friday night, it poured down rain, mm-hmm. and Jack decided that he would just build up a big mudslide, and um, it w- became very popular. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Did you do that? Did, Did you, you go, go down, down the mudslide? mudslide? <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> I saw it, though. I'm sure I you got an eyeful. Yeah, and right. we walked around, and I mean, yeah, I mean, wow! If you couldn't imagine it, I mean, it was just, it was just whatever was happening. Well, you know, but, um, well, if you come to see the film, are you are you going to see yourself somewhere in the crowd, or no, no, no? no. Okay, but, um, there was a guy called Caveman. Right, was, he's uh, one of the stars of the film. Is he? Yes. Well, yeah, he was. He was who we dealt with a lot. He, you know. <laughs> was a biker and he was wow. tough looking guy <laughs> he rode a horse around he's uh interviewed in the film the late caveman mm-hmm. and rode a horse around the perimeter with a big indian sword for show <laughs> really? just to scare off people from trying to jump the fences it's inter- interesting that you bring his name up so hmm. well there was a, i was sitting there and there was the guy that grabbed a hold of the bridle of one of the horses mm. And the guy that was riding the horse, I don't know who it was, but he had a log chain, and he just wrapped that guy on the head with the log <laughs> chain. Wow. <laughs> Probably <laughs> didn't try that hauled, again. <laughs> he just, they, well, they hauled him off in the back of a pickup truck. Oh, wow. wow. You know, it wow. was crazy. It wow. was just it's a miracle that no one got Isn't hurt. Isn't that the truth? I, I mean, really, that's that's kind of the big story about the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Now, did, 
did they do that out at the U of I? Did they have this film out there at one time? Yes. Um, probably 15 years ago, I showed it um, in Lincoln Theater on campus. Lincoln Hall? Uh, Lincoln Hall, rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also- I, saw, I saw that. Hmm. I went out there and saw that. So this is the same film. No. Uh, no. Actually, no. In the title's the same, but it is certainly a brand new movie. Um I recut the whole thing from scratch. It's in high definition. Moves fast. It it moves 100 miles an hour. You almost have to watch it twice to get it. But everything that you've talked about is documented in the in the festival film. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah. There's well, some new footage well, too. Well, that thank you, you Karen for that first-hand report. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah, right. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Very thank good. You. Have a good Bye-bye. day. Uh, real quick, want to hit on the bands? The, the, well, the concert's uh, the, free, right? Yes, uh, yeah. It's uh, Ian Shepherd and Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian's an excellent drummer here in town, and uh, he's uh, going to be on the showmobile stage that the Park District's put out there on the uh, on the uh, west side of uh, Park Street, facing east. And uh, the idea is to have, I think, there are six featured vocalists, and they're all going to uh, sing songs that you would have heard at Kickapoo Creek um, Festival. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's kind of cool. And uh, so that'll start at five right. in front of the Virginia uh, food trucks and there's going to be stuff a food truck there, can, right? Yeah, and, uh, and that's free. That's right. And then uh, for tickets, people at the call the Virginia Theater. Or what's the best way? You can to, buy them online in advance, yeah. which I suggest, or you can get get them at the theater itself. Okay, and uh, we got about a minute or so left. What else you want to throw? I in I want to here? give Larry a lot of props for mm. pulling this off. <laughs> well, you know what? All right, let me get into that real quick and see if I can do it in thirty seconds or less. Um, when my buddy Kevin Olson, you know Kevin, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, said, uh, "You know, it's been fifty years. You really ought to do something." I said, "Nah." But then I got to look at this poster and Blythem Limited booked all those bands, and we've got Homegrown KIO and ninety percent of those bands mm-hmm. we have on our hard drive. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's a natural tie-in. Yeah. And then uh, talked to Stephen, and he was all about it, and then it kind of took off from there. I found him on LinkedIn, and I just said, hey, you don't know me, but I work at this radio station, blah, 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 we're interested. And it got a two-word response that said, I'm interested. Hmm. And then it just exploded from that. One listener says, is there a website for following the showing of the film? Keep us posted when it's streamed. I was in a cover band at that time, and Irv was also our agent Hmm. at that time. Yeah. So I guess just stay tuned for more information, right? Well, there's a Facebook page mm-hmm. that um, a lot of people interact with called the Incident at Kickapoo Creek. And I would suggest going there because it's more interactive where it's not just me posting things, which I love to do, but it's also getting um, responses from people. Mm-hmm. So look for that. And so all of this happens tomorrow. That's correct. All right. Five o'clock. And then seven o'clock at the Virginia. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for coming in. Thank you. It's thanks been exciting. great. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the poster. And I think we gave away a couple, too. So right, good. So yeah. Adam got all that. So, all right. Good to have you on. Good luck with this. I well, appreciate keep, that. Keep us posted. All right. R.C. Raycraft and Larry Fredrickson. And, uh, of course, the, the um, film is tomorrow night at the Virginia Incident at Kickapoo Creek. Uh, and you can check that out at the Virginia, the concert before. That's it for me for this week, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Talk to you on Monday.